The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News. Profiles and practices of top performers. We're so glad you're here. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. My esteemed co-host is here. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. So we really thank you for tuning in to tune up your performance. And for our listeners, um, we've been doing this now for nine years, and we have about a million downloads over at least the last four years. So you can go back to any of our shows and download those. Um, and, but we always like to bring cutting-edge thinking to you that you can use for yourself, but also for your team if you lead a team. And today we're honored to have Dr. Dick Thompson. He's the president and founder of High Performance Systems. One of the things that both Kathy and I are really excited about is our topic today, decision-making under stress. I know when I've researched uh, decision-making, we asked Dr. Thompson about this. You know, we make... uh, as many as about 30,000 decisions in a day. And so we're going to dive deeper into with Dr. Dick Thompson about your decision-making, what works, what doesn't work, you know, especially when you're under stress. So Dick is an internationally recognized consultant, educator, speaker, and author. And over the past 25 years, he has gained valuable experience developing and leading teams from the battlefield to the boardroom. Dick has a 21-year military service uh, that resulted in exceptional management insight and expertise. He was an officer with the U.S. Army Special Forces Group, the Green Berets, decorated for heroism and has trained and led uh, some of the most elite teams in the world. His work for the military on high-performing battle staffs and continuous operations was instrumental in the success of the U.S. forces in the Gulf War. Uh, he is a subject matter expert on stress and the battlefield. His research has been covered, uh, covered the impact of stress on decision-making, which we'll talk about today, cognitive performance, aggressive behavior, sleep deprivation, leadership, and emotionally intelligent behavior. He's the founder and president and CEO of High Performing Systems. It's an international management consulting and training firm he founded in 1984. So he's been doing this for quite a while uh, a lot of big companies, AT&T, Shell, Johnson & Johnson, General Mills. So we're really pleased to have him share some of his uh, expertise with us. And let me just say a word about my esteemed uh, co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. So we've been doing this, like I said, for nine years. We're the number two ranked uh, show on Voice America They under their business shows. And Kathy uh, coaches executives, and entire companies on her proven 
work-life strategies based on positive psychology, and now the science of courage, which I'm sure uh, Dick also talks about. Kathy's been named the First Lady of Happiness by ABC TV. She's authored multiple popular books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Working Mothers Know. She touches millions as a much-in-demand speaker, TV, radio, media personality. Kathy founded four different consultancies and three leadership institutes and is actively involved in uh, supporting behavioral research. She offers some of her friendly tips on uh, her iPhone uh, app called Your Happiness Now. It's uh, available on iTunes. And her latest book uh, is based on her work with special forces, sports athletes, global executives called Fearless Leaders, Sharpen Your Focus, and it's available on Amazon. You can go to her website and take us a uh, quiz um, to get you involved in the subject material at www.fearlessleadersquiz.com and get some information about her and the Working Warriors. She has a great group of folks that she works with. Kathy, welcome. Thanks, Relly. I am very much looking forward uh, to our program today, and it's always an honor and a privilege to uh, to be with someone like Dick who has not only uh, been on the front line and uh, served our country to secure our freedoms, but to learn uh, more importantly about what he's doing now that can help all of us not only uh, be successful, but rise to significance. And uh, that's very important for all of us in today's wild and crazy VUCA environment, which, as you know, is volatile, uncertain, chaotic, and ambiguous. So, um, before we get started with our fantastic guest, let's make sure that everybody knows who my favorite co-host is, a dear friend and a colleague for quite some time, and that is Dr. Relly Nadler. Um, Relly is a master-level certified coach. He is a psychologist. He's a corporate leadership and team trainer. And, of course, Relly brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs focused on our favorite subject, emotional and social intelligence. You know, Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries, and that includes yours. And you can visit him at truenorthleadership.com. You can get lots of free downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence, and that includes his free iApp called Leadership Keys. You can get that from the iTunes store. You can also join Rally's fantastic programs at EI Central. It's an interest, a very a very specific interest group that is uh, focused on emotional intelligence, and you can um, get the latest thinking and access to lots of tools on emotional intelligence. And you can also get his popular blog on Psychology Today that has over 118,000 reads. You know, one of the things that um, Relly also offers is a way to get to EI Central by texting E. I Central, just like it sounds, it sounds E I C E N T R A L. You can text that to three eight four seven zero, or again visit him at truenorthleadership.com, and you'll find all his links and access to great, great ideas and tools and tips to be your best. And um, I think uh, 
with that, Relly, I am going to just turn it over to you for a couple of minutes to talk about why you and I do this show. Um, we can, you know, banter back and forth a little bit about why Leadership Development News after all these years. We've got over 380-some thousand downloads, <laughs> and we are uh, growing by leaps and bounds in terms of our audience. And, of course, now with all the special forces uh, special operators, and now my working with the FBI a little bit, uh, brings us an even broader array of talented individuals who are very interested in emotional intelligence. And I think it would be interesting for us to share with our audience why emotional intelligence is not only important to business leaders, but why it's also important to everyone in any area of interest, personal and professional. Great, Kathy. Uh, yeah, I'll just say a few words, and then uh, Dr. Thompson, Dick here, really has a lot of expertise. We're going to pick his brain. But let me just say a few things, <clears throat> Kathy, related to what you're saying. So what we love about emotional intelligence, one, is easy to understand. You know, so what do you know about yourself, and how do you manage yourself? What do you know about others, and how do you manage others? Two, there's a rich resource of data that the emotional intelligence, when compared to how smart you are, IQ, technical expertise, is the critical factor that allows people to move up in an organization. It's also in your personal relationships, like Kathy's saying, kind of one of the keys to deal with all the varied emotions that we have through our, our lifespan. And as we focus on organizations, you know, about 40% of organizations say they do not have enough next-level leaders. And as the baby boomers retire and the Gen X and the Gen Y come in, to these new leadership positions and especially making decisions that Dick will talk about, this idea of understanding yourself and as I like to talk about it now is do you know your input and it's input from yourself and then your input from others. So the input goes in your brain and what's the output? Well, it's your decision making, your judgment, your communication. So understanding input from yourself, input from others, so you can really get exceptional output and, and that's where this decision making comes uh, from. So uh, let's bring on Dick, and we'll have a couple minutes before our first break. But, Dick, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, I'm really honored to, to be on the show with the two of you, with all your background, your expertise. So very excited about what we're going to talk about today and ready to go. Great, great. Well, we see you as you know, a valued colleague and someone that, you know, that, that I love uh, <clears throat> learning from. Like I said earlier, I've, in my book, I've used your, uh, your book, uh, the stress effect, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, you know, as one of the resources. So tell us a little bit about, you know, just how you got to where you, you've been today, maybe some of your key influences, and then we'll get into the decision-making under stress. Well, I started out a long time ago with my, with my parents who <clears throat> thought I was somewhat strange and that I wanted to, to work outside in the laboratory that I had built in the garage to the wee hours of the morning, and they just couldn't understand what I was doing there, but they supported me, and I was into research and science and always carting things from high school back to to my house for the lab to to use it, and then that continued on, and eventually I ended up uh, in the military, and I had been studying chemistry in college, because I thought molecules were really important. But once I got into the Army and found myself uh, on the battlefield and leading men in combat, I realized I, had, I might have missed something. I needed to understand 
people and how they thought and how you can motivate people to make decisions under extremely high stress. So I went back to school later uh, in psychology to try to understand people. And as I progressed over the years, now I'm back to the molecules again, understanding that there are chemical reactions that take place in the body when you're trying to make decisions. There's a lot of different chemicals that get dumped into your your system anytime your stress level goes up. So I've, I've kind of gone around in a big circle to come back to try to understand how you make decisions and particularly under stress. And, you know, during that time I had a lot of opportunity, you know, with the military and working with great leaders and, and seeing how special ops, you know, did things and training and leading uh, teams like that and applying the techniques. So, uh, you know, it worked out worked out well for me, and I'm very excited to to still be around to share some of those thoughts with people. Well, Dick, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a quick break. I can't wait to hear more. And for those of you who are taking a quick break with us, don't go away. We'll be right back. We're all here on Leadership Development News. <laughs> Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. 
Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, <clears throat> Profiles and Practices of Top Performers, and Aside from the work that Dr. Dick, Dick Thompson does uh, with organizations, he is a um, top performer. Um, looking back at some of his, his bio, he's made over 900 free-fall parachute jumps, is a master scuba diver, uh, and also has a black belt in karate. So on the, on the physical side, along with the mental side, he's got a lot of accomplishments and now also does these Ironman uh, competitions. And if you want some more information about Dick uh, after our show, it's www.hpsys.com. It stands for High Performance Systems. So HP for High Performance, SYS.com. So, Dick, in talking about decision-making, I know one of the things that I looked up uh, about how many decisions we make in a day, and I had a couple different sources, and it was about 30,000. And I just want to first check, you know, because you're, are going to tell us more about decision-making under stress, but does that sound about right, or what have you seen about, you know, just how many decisions make decisions we're making a day? That's probably in the ballpark, and it's going to vary, you know, from one day to, to another, depending on what you're doing. But it, I think when you tell somebody they make 30000 in a day, it's hard for them to comprehend that. They know they make a lot. Right. To think about thirty thousand, they said, "Wow, I, I I can't believe I do that many." <laughs> and that that leads me to the point that most people think when you make a decision, uh, that you use some model like you're taught in business school. You know, the you you have a problem, you have to identify it, you have to generate some alternatives, you have to select one, you have to implement it, you have to go through all these steps. Mm-hmm. When in reality, what happens? And I've, I've interviewed a lot of law enforcement, firefighters, military, and after seeing them make a decision, and I say, how did you do that? And they walk me through this problem-solving model, and then I say, well, but you did that in about two seconds. Mm-hmm. How did you go through all those steps in two seconds? And they, they eventually say, well, it just came to me, and I did it. So a lot of the decision-making is being done unconsciously, mm-hmm. and and that makes it much faster for you to be able to, you know, to make a decision. Right. Even even when I have people say, well, you know, it takes us three months 
on our strategic planning to go through and put our plan together, and we use these models. And I said, yeah, but each step in that model, each step in the decision-making process, you're making all these unconscious decisions that eventually you feed into that model. So down on the core level, it's happening very rapidly inside your brain, and most people don't realize that. And and part of uh, being proficient at making decisions under stress that I'm sure we'll get into in a little while is practice. The more I practice in a particular way to make decisions, the faster that information, that solution will come to me when I'm in a stressful situation and I, I only have a second or two to make a decision. It just comes right out because I've already established it in my brain. So one of the things Dick we see that, this happen all the time, right? With people who show uh, very low impulse control, and then in a second or two, we've got a whole amygdala jet going on there. Right. So just yeah. a comment, and then we're, we're going to hear about maybe Dick about the impact of stress on decision making. But I think exactly like you're saying, some of this is so unconscious. And you think about driving. How many decisions are you making driving unconsciously? Put your foot in the brake. Slow down. Put your blinker on. You know, and, and when I looked this up, I was thinking, 30,000, that's way too many. And then I was, at night, I was flossing my teeth. And I was, uh, I was flossing my teeth. I probably made, you know, a dozen decisions in 10 seconds. Oh, I should do that back one again. Oh, I should do that front one. You know, some of those are such subtle decisions, but they're go- there's so many of them, like you said, that are going on unconsciously. Yeah, and one, one of the things you just said uh, is scary in that I have people on a regular basis tell me, uh, I remember leaving home to drive into work this morning, and I remember getting there, but I don't remember anything in between. Yeah. You know, oh, it that was makes just me feel so much better. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Do you know how many times, right. and I'm sure people who are listening to this, Dick, how many times do we drive to an intersection that we've been to hundreds of times, and we know that we're on our way to someplace? But all of a sudden, you're stopped at that intersection, and you're like, "Am I going to work? Am I going to the store? Am I what?" Right. <laughs> and, and, Isn't that? I mean, can you talk a little bit about yeah, how and, we, you know, how we deal with those kinds of things when we're under stress? Yeah. If, if I just go back to what you said, we go to the intersection and we turn left, and we're, we're driving, and then all of a sudden we realize I, I'm headed toward the office. Right. This is not where I wanted to go. I wanted wanted to go to the grocery store, and I needed to have turned right. But those become like you know that pattern, that direction, those turns, those decisions become like a super highway in in your brain, and you just automatically follow that path because you do it every day, even though you're you're in, intended to go somewhere else. So if you uh, lose focus. You know, and in your book, you're talking about sharpening your focus and being able to focus on what's going on, being able to be mindful, uh, having situational awareness of what's happening inside the car, outside the car, and where you're trying to go. It can help you, you know, make the correct turn, uh, stay in touch with where you are, realize the traffic light is red, it's not green. So trying to be focused. You know, can really help you make uh, more accurate decisions. Mm-hmm. So, say, say a little bit. You've been studying the the impact of stress on decision making. You know, especially on the front lines, and you know, in the, for the service that you've 
done for our country and then for all the work you've done as a consultant professional. How does stress impact decision-making? Well, if, if we think about uh, it, that for uh, you know, a couple hundred years or so, people thought that uh, decisions are based on logic, and you need to have a rational, logical approach to making decisions and get all the emotions out of it. And then, you know, more recently with the brain research and things that's gone on, we've discovered that, no, emotions play a significant role in all the decision-making processes. In fact, if you, uh, if you have someone who has a brain lesion or something in, in areas that's going to prevent them from experiencing emotions, they can't make decisions. There's no value in anything that they, they would choose. So we know that your cognitive ability is part of decision-making. Your emotional uh, ability is part of decision-making. And when the stress, when your stress goes up, as stress goes up and you get all these other chemicals dumped into your system, what happens is your ability to access all of your cognitive ability goes down. Your ability to access all of your emotional intelligence ability goes down. And since those are two primary components of being able to make uh, good decisions, the quality and effectiveness of your decisions go down. Mm-hmm. So stress goes up, IQ, EQ, and decision-making quality goes down. So trying to manage your stress can help you make better decisions. One of the things, Dick, and I think all three of us on the phone, you know, work in different organizations um, do, and I, I know it gets people's attention, especially executives, and you just said it, you know, not only does your your EQ go down, but your IQ goes down. And so I like talking about that with, with executives. Nobody wants to hear that they're losing IQ points. You know, we can say, oh, I'm stressed. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm, uh, you know, but if we actually think that your IQ points temporarily are muted, you know, maybe you can say a little bit about that because it's a different way of explaining it. We all know, you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking right, but we don't, we don't have the uh, vocabulary or the concepts that, oh, right now I'm operating with less IQ points. Right. And, and your stress level uh, varies throughout the day. It's constantly up and down. We have a, a training program that we do for emergency responders, like people who work in uh, the control rooms at nuclear sites and, you know, uh, uh, medical emergency responders and people. And, and one of the things I do is I bring a person up in front of the room and we wire them up so that we can monitor their stress level on the screen that's behind them. And then I ask them to do some simple uh, math, you know, asking them the questions, and then I tell them if the answer they got was right or wrong. All of their colleagues are sitting there watching them. And the stress level just starts to climb immediately mm. when I start asking questions. And it's not uncommon that within about two minutes when I say, what's your name? And the person just looks at me. Um, okay, what's your name? And sometimes they can't get their name out. Wow. The stress levels climb so high uh, just in a couple minutes. And, and, you know, in a little relatively non-threatening situation. And that just shocks everyone that your stress can change that fast and can have that strong of an impact on your ability to think. Well, when I think about all the opportunities 
we have in a day to get ourselves backed up against a wall due to somebody else's mistake or our own or our unconscious thoughts about our, if you will, capabilities and how that can put the fear of God in us. Um, I can't wait to hear some more. So we're going to take a quick break, but please, everyone, come right back. We are having an engaging conversation here on Leadership Development News. You'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a fearless leader? Fearless leaders stop at nothing to win while engaging others through positive action. Fearless leaders operate with a strong sense of freedom. They embrace the courage to fail. They respond to challenges with resilience. They operate from a higher consciousness and they excel through a mindset for success to increase everyone's ROL or return on leadership. You can too. Let Dr. Kathy Greenberg and a rare team of special operations coaches help you realize your full potential at fearlessleadersgroup.com. The Fearless Leaders Group applies a powerful coach approach beyond tools and techniques by fundamentally transforming a leader's core abilities and approaches to any business in as little as 90 days. Act now and receive a free bonus. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com. Take the free assessment and find out what you are truly capable of. Go to fearlessleadersquiz.com to find the fearless leader in you and discover how being fearless truly equals freedom. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Dick 
Thompson, president and founder of High Performance Systems. And one of his programs is uh, decision-making under stress that we're starting to dive deeper into. And, and, Dick, before the break, you know, you were talking about how you can monitor someone, and all these biometrics are invisible. So it's got to be so fascinating, you know, for, your, for you and for everybody else to see what's happening to us invisible. And this is what's so, so great about neuroscience is now what was invisible, now we can kind of bring to the forefront and then make really uh, different decisions about that. So say a little bit about, uh, you know, when you're in your comfort zone, you know, how does that have an uh, impact on your stress resilience and decision-making? Well, it, as long as we're in the comfort zone, we, we feel good. You know, I, I can be excited if I'm getting up toward the, the top boundary of, of the zone. I feel my, um, my excitement increase. Um, if I start to go across that boundary... Then I'll, I'll start to experience some anxiety. So when I get out of the comfort zone, my anxiety goes up a little bit, and the anxiety really is, is just stress, and it's starting to have an impact on me right away. And one of the neat things that we do with, with the biometrics is that's being projected on the screen real time, and you can see how fast your stress is changing and watch someone's stress go right out of the comfort zone. And then if we have them doing an exercise like we were a few minutes ago with the math, you can see how uh, impactful the stress is in terms of degrading their ability to perform. And as we get them back, back down in their comfort zone, then their performance uh, goes back up. Mm. Uh, the other, other one thing I want to add on that is we can run your stress level up, you don't do well, and then we calm you back down. And then we say, tell me what it felt like when you were out of the comfort zone, when I was asking you those questions. Mm. And you can see the stress level go right back up to where it was wow. uh, when they were actually you know, under the gun, so to speak. So just even so, thinking about it. Goes, yeah, just thinking it about it runs, runs it right back up. You start to experience it all over again. So when you think about an accident or something that happened, you know, it can be years ago, and the stress level goes right back up. Um, wow. So it's still there. And when you bring those thoughts out, um, every, you know, heart rate increases, everything starts to go back up. Yeah. So, and, and the other thing that, that you mentioned that is so important is it becomes visible. I mean, people can see, literally see how fast it changes. You know, you can read about it, you can talk about it, but until you see it happening right before your eyes, you just don't realize how fast your stress is changing and how it varies across, you know, the day. And when it's varying, when it's up, uh, you don't perform well. When it comes back down and you get back in your comfort zone, performance goes back up. That's fascinating. So I wish there was an instant switch we could we could use in our brains to do that. You know, when you train folks, Dick, and you look at these uh, different variables, what's the first thing you coach people on in terms of getting that insight quickly and then being able to return, if you will, to a balanced state so that they can make better decisions? Because I know that sure would be helpful for everybody listening. Yeah. The, the first thing is self-awareness. I need to become self-aware. I need to be able to know that my heart rate is increasing. 
uh, that the tension in the back of my neck or in, in the small of my back is starting to increase. You know, so I, I learned to recognize the different signs that let me know that my stress level is going up, something's happening, and also recognize when it's coming down. So there are some bio, um, the biofeedback mechanisms that, and tools that we can use to help people start to get a feel of that and what it's like so they can recognize it uh, when they're not wired up. But I need to know something's happening, and then I can start to take some action. One thing uh, that we teach them is uh, what we call stop, breathe, think, and then act. So sometimes you need to, to just stop for a few seconds, take a deep breath, let it out slowly, think about what's going on, uh, using your awareness, and then take an action to do something. Um, you know, it, it's amazing how that little process, and it, it, it only takes a few seconds to do, but it's amazing how that can help you start to get control of things again. And if things are still a little out of control, um, we have you do some deep breathing. And most people probably remember when they were a little kid and their mothers would say to them, uh, when you were pitching a little temper tantrum, okay, stop. I want you to take a breath, count to ten, and, and calm down. What they were doing, I mean, what your mother was doing was was telling you, to start counting, to engage yourself in a cognitive exercise, engaging your prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you have to turn loose of the emotion. So you do that with the counting. The breathing, the deep breathing or breath that she told you to take helps to start to calm your system down, get your heart rate back down, and then you can get control of what's going on. So we teach them uh, to stop breathe, think, and act, and we, we teach them how to do the tactical breathing. And I'm sure some of the work you've done with, with the Special Forces guys, they've talked to you about tactical breathing. You, you inhale through your nose to, to account for, you pause, you exhale through your mouth, and you do that three or four times, and it just calms you right down. Your heart, you'll feel your heart rate drop. You can do that before you go into a meeting do that before you do anything that's stressful or something stressful is happening to you, start doing the breathing, and that helps you calm down. Um, so a few little quick techniques like that seem, seem to have a big impact. So those are things that you would say um, that someone could use kind of before they go into do some kind of emergency and then, then also during and after, or are there some other things that you want to add to that? Well, um, for example, if, if you know you might have an emergency event come up or a very stressful event come up, uh, beforehand you can start planning for it. What, what's going to happen? What will be the signs? How will I know uh, things are going well or not going so well? I'm getting out of my comfort zone. So you start making a plan, and, and then you practice. I'm going to practice using the breathing technique or the stop, breathe, think, act, or whatever it is. I practice this particular scenario so I'm comfortable with it. And, and you find this with the special ops guys. They rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. Mm -hmm. Then they go do the mission. So that when, when the actual mission has taken place, it, it's almost automatic. They know exactly what they're supposed to do. They're comfortable with it. And if things change, they can adapt to it quickly because they've, they've done so much practice and it keeps the stress down. So while I'm engaged in the activity... Then I can do the tactical breathing. I can do some of the, these other techniques, 
you know, during the stressful event, and then after it's over, I might need some tactical breathing again just to calm back down. Sometimes uh, you don't realize how stressed you are until it's over. Uh, you might have been in a car accident or something, and after everything was over, then your hands start to shake uh, and you get really nervous. So sometimes it hits you afterwards, and you need to be uh, prepared to deal with that, and then that can help prevent the long-term effects, you know, so that you don't get post-traumatic stress or something later on. Well, I don't want to make light of that, but I feel much better about having been using those techniques for a very long time for a multitude of things, whether it's parenting, teaching, dealing with colleagues, dealing with crazy drivers, customer service people. Right. <laughs> you know, those, those are things we should be uh, leveraging in all walks of our life. Uh, regardless of our ability to work in a battlefield uh, or in a you know a theater of war, I tell people all the time to the point you just made, Dick. You know whether you're on the home front, in the boardroom or the battlefield, those techniques and strategies will make a big difference in your ability to perform. Well, they will. I mean, they're proven techniques. They've been around forever. You, but right. you have to become aware of them. You have to know when when to use them. And one of the reasons that I um, do the Ironman competitions is, you know, when I'm working with a client, if, if I say, here's a technique that works, I'm not telling you this is something that I tried 40 years ago on the battlefield and, and it worked great. I'm saying, I, I did this last week in training or I did this last right. weekend in competition and it worked. Yeah. You know, it's still effective or here's how I, I had to modify for this particular situation. Um, but it it works, and you know Ironman, an Ironman competition is a long day, very long day, very painful day, very stressful day, uh, and you get to apply all of these different techniques uh-huh. and and make them work. Well, and I imagine Dick just from doing different kind of uh, long runs and other kind of sports things. It's it's like you always know about sports. It's the mental piece. Right, like you're saying, you on you know for the weekend if you're training or actually doing an event, Ironman, it's dealing with that whole mental thing. I can't go on anymore. I want to stop, you know, and 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 so how do you like uh, one of the things you talk about the breathing, and then how do you change your focus, kind of in the moment when it's feeling like you're being uh, physically tortured, you, and you can't you go change, on anymore. One of the things you do is you change your goal. You know, we, you know, you know, you've got 140.6 miles to go uh, wow. when you start the race. So when I'm walking down to the water to get ready to start the 2.4 mile swim, I'm not thinking I've got to go 140 miles. If I did, uh-huh. I wouldn't get in the water. It's just too yeah. far. And I'm not even thinking I have to swim to 2.4. I'm thinking I can see a buoy, maybe two or three hundred yards out in the water, and I'm thinking I have to make it to that first one. Uh-huh. And when I get there. I'll shoot for making it to the next one and the next okay. one. And eventually, I will have finished the swim course. So you start breaking it down. And the more tired, the more stressed that you get, the shorter you set the goals. I just yeah. have to make it to that next telephone pole up there on the side right. of the road. When I get there, I've got to make it down to that stop sign. You know, So shorter and shorter yeah. uh, until you get through it. Well, that's that's really good to to hear. So you're really kind of bringing it your awareness into kind of whatever these short right. um, 
focus is, you know, versus the future. So we're really staying in the here and now. So well, let's come back to this because this is fascinating stuff. Uh, and we'll take a break now. This is Leadership Development News. Don't go away. We'll be right back. it's up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a delightful conversation here with a a terrific person who has not only been writing uh, about the subject of stress and how to cope with it, but has lived it himself. Dick Thompson has uh, a wonderful company uh, called High Performance Systems, and he has served our nation and uh, is currently, um, I'm not going to say how old you are, Dick, but uh, in in the... uh, I would say the the greatest quadrant of your life, uh, running Ironman contests. So you live this stuff. You know, in our work with the Fearless Leaders Group, we talk about being your own battlefield. And uh, sleep is a weapon. Food is a weapon. And we all know that without using the right arsenal, we are only enemies to ourselves. Talk a little bit about your model uh, arsenal that you write about in your book. Okay, thank you. Yeah, we, we put together what we've found that over the years has continued to be um, the seven best practices for building resilience 
Uh, so your arsenal against stress, your arsenal to help you continue to be able to make uh, good decisions you know, when you're under stress. So, so the model is set up uh, with awareness on top, and we've talked some about awareness already. And one of the things we like to say is an unaware brain is a surprise brain. If you're not paying attention to what's going on around you or inside you, you're going to get surprised. So I won't spend a lot of time on there, but I do want to uh, talk a little about uh, the rest component, the best practice, um, because a tired brain tends to be a grumpy brain. And I notice even with my guys, I walk in some mornings and they say, hmm, didn't get a lot of rest last night, did you? You appear to be a little grumpy this morning. So, you know, you can pick up on it right away, and it's a, a, a way to say something to someone that doesn't create a defensive reaction. So, so we have a lot of fun with it here. But rest is so important. Uh, you hear all the time, you need seven hours of sleep somewhere around there. It varies a little bit from person to person, but sleep loss is cumulative. If I lose an hour of sleep tonight, an hour of sleep tomorrow night, uh, it adds together, and my performance steadily goes down. Um, I used to do a lot of research where I kept people up for days at a time, um, and I monitored you know, their emotional performance, their cognitive performance, and I found that after 24 hours, most people were losing 25% of their cognitive ability just to do simple math, and they were totally unaware that they had lost it. So you need to rest. That's when your body is recuperating. That's when your body is building long-term memories, um, things like that. So vacations, um, get up and walk outside every once in a while, get up and move around. But you've got to have, have some rest, and sleep is, is a key component of that. Um, exercise, I, I mentioned a little bit. Uh, one of the, the best according to research, ways to keep your, your brain functioning sharp uh, is aerobic exercise. The more you're pumping your blood through, through your brain and cleaning out the debris that forms in there and, and keeping it fed, uh, keeping it in good shape, the longer you'll be able to maintain good cognitive uh, functioning going forward. Plus, with the exercise, you can do things, go places um, you know that you can't if you let yourself stop exercising. And then you need nutrition, good food put into your system to feed the body so it can recover from the exercise and it can do the kinds of things that, that you want to do. Uh, and I'm kind of jumping around just a little bit, but attitude uh, is another key component. My attitude toward the world, toward my work, toward my family uh, seems to also be related to my longevity. So people with great attitudes tend to actually live a few years longer than, than those who had bad attitudes that complain all the time. There's always something wrong. Uh, so it has a, a big impact on your resilience, on your stress. Um, so learning is another key component. And you hear about lifelong learning uh, a lot, and people say, well, you need to do crossword puzzles, you need to do you know, brain games. But again, uh, to keep your brain the sharpest, the longest, uh, is the aerobic exercise. And the research even shows that uh, people who are elderly and have already lost a lot of cognitive ability can regain some of it back uh, through the aerobic exercise. So 
keep that uh, in your your plan. Make sure you're doing some every week. But also eat in a new restaurant. Do something different. Drive a different way to work. Anytime you do something different, you're activating different areas of the brain and stimulating the brain, and, and that's all good for you. So, Dick, a, a question here, uh, especially around the attitude. There's a lot of uh, you know research around stress, and is is stress a threat or stress a challenge? You know, um, some of the, the research that we've seen just with from McGonagall and and you know how you look at the stress. So, anything that you have found helpful, because that's in the moment, like you're saying. How am I dealing with this? And then the, and the idea, is it a threat or is it a challenge? Right. And it, because that's, that's how you frame what's going on right. around you, and, and your body reacts to that. If I see it as a threat, uh, my blood pressure goes up, my heart rate goes up. If I see it as a challenge, uh, different chemicals are, are put into my system. So now I can respond differently to to the situation that I see there. I'm more, you know, I'm motivated to learn, to develop, to be able to handle this and do it more rather than run away from it. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, you're framing, you're putting it into perspective, and that's all part of the attitude. Well, we know uh, as we go forward we're going to bring new technology in. Well, here's a piece of it, I'm, you know. That doesn't make me upset. It's not a threat uh, right. because I can learn it. You know, I have a 91-year-old father-in-law who has an iPad and an iPhone, and he's on them all day, every day, uh, and just continually learning new things and saying, bring, yeah. bring me the newest technology. I want it. One of, the, one of the things I heard from my dad, he lived to be 91, but he, you know, he was in World War II, and, and one of the things he said, they can't make it tough enough for me. You know, and mm-hmm. so that's a, that's a challenge versus oh, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Like you're saying, and in the moment, that affects your whole physiology. Right, it does, and I'm I'm sure you know Kathy working with a uh, special forces guy. That's it. It's a mindset that you have. You know, if it's difficult, it's just a challenge. It's not something I can't do. It's right. just a challenge, and I'll do it. I'll find a way to do it. I will push on. I will make this happen. And you can hear it when you you talk to. To the special ops guys, it's a yeah. whole mindset that they have, and nothing stops them. Yeah, I can hear it in your voice now. I mean, you can just change. You know, our listeners, the conviction and the commitment that just changed in your voice just talking about that was huge. That's you know, kind of the way I I live my life, and that's you know, one of the reasons I like the Ironman stuff. It's a challenge. Yeah, I love it. Well, it sounds like uh, not only is it a challenge, uh, but it's a an achievement for you, Dick, and we know that those of us who forget, if we have a mindset for success and we know how our body becomes resilient and is energized, as you've said, you know, we we have our own arsenal of things we can do to be successful every day. Thank you so much. And for people who want more information about Dick, uh, he has a great book on the uh, stress effects. And the Arsenal model will go in there. And his website, you can learn more uh, about decision-making under stress and the programs that he has is www.hpsys, stands for highperformancesystems.com. So thank you so much, Dick. This This has been very enlightening and always great to talk with you. 
Well, I really appreciate it. I mean, the, the two of you are fascinating. I, I like to talk to people who have a lot of expertise and insight, like like y'all do. It's it's a lot of fun. So, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on on your show. Thank you. Uh, thanks a lot. Well, we appreciate it too. So, Kathy, you want to bring us home? Well, all I'd like to say to our listeners is thank you for tuning in to tune up your emotional intelligence. Thanks for being with us, and thanks, Relly, for all you do for bringing us great folks like Dick, and I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Come back soon. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.